Hello, First Baptist Church of Keller family. This is Pastor Keith Sanders. One of the things that we want to do during this time off from uh, the church for the COVID isolation is to make the most of our time and to learn something, especially things that will aid in our sanctification. We had planned to start our systematic theology class on Wednesday evening, so I think we'll just proceed with that and just do it online. The plan is to have the classes recorded by audio and you'll find those each Wednesday posted on our website at www.fbckeller.org. So welcome to the introduction of systematic theology. Systematic theology is one of the core classes that every seminarian is required to take, along with New Testament survey, Old Testament survey, and a class called hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is a class designed to teach a person how to interpret the Bible correctly, And along with that is systematic theology. Um, Systematic theology is simply an orderly, coherent organization of Christian doctrines. Most of you probably took a biology class in high school, and you might remember that uh, animals and insects and plant life are organized by kingdom and phylum all the way down to uh, species and subspecies. Well, systematic theology is an attempt to do a similar thing with the great doctrines of the Bible, to put them together in an orderly, coherent, organized way. We know that our God reveals himself in the Bible to be organized and not disorderly at all, not chaotic, and so we study him that way. I want to dispel a couple of myths right away about the study of theology. I know that some people believe that theology is the purview of academics and those who are pursuing graduate degrees. Really, theology is the purview of every Christian. It's the study of God. And everyone who knows and loves God should want to know as much about him as possible. When the Apostle Paul prays for the church at Ephesus in the book of Ephesians, one of the things he prays for is that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. He wants them to appreciate their salvation, and their Savior more than ever before. And one of the ways that we can do that is through the study of systematic theology. Another myth about systematic theology is that uh, it's only for those who are in vocational ministry. That's not true. Every Christian can benefit from the study of systematic theology, but I think it's especially important for anyone who teaches the Bible at any age group and at any level. So I really encourage anyone in our church that teaches Sunday school or leads Bible study uh, to take advantage of either this class or or one like it. You can find them online. Uh, Every seminary and Bible college teaches these classes and uh, this knowledge is readily available. So let's talk a little bit about what systematic theology is. Uh, John Frame is a famous theologian and he says this, Systematic theology is an attempt to answer the question, what does the whole Bible teach us about any given subject? Now that can include uh, baptism, sin, hell and heaven, and the list goes on and on. So, So a doctrine is what the Bible has to say about any specific topic. And so a systematic theology is, is collecting those organize, and organizing those topics together. Now, that has been done literally dozens of times over the centuries. There are dozens of very good and high-quality systematic textbooks out there. Uh, I'm not asking you to go out and purchase any of those because they typically are very thick and heavy and very expensive. 
But uh, theology students often call these textbooks by the author's last name, and I'm likely going to do that through the course of uh, this class. But don't go out and purchase anything. When I was in seminary, we used Dr. James Leo Garrett's Systematic Theology. It came in two volumes. Uh, In fact, Dr. Garrett recently went home to be with the Lord, but it's a very good theology from a Baptist perspective. Some years ago, our church purchased copies of Wayne Grudem's systematic theology for our adult Sunday school teachers. He's not uh, necessarily a Southern Baptist, but he is an evangelical Christian. And all of the systematic texts that I quote will come from evangelical Christian authors. All of them have their strengths. All of them have their weaknesses. Um, First, we probably need to define a little better what an evangelical is. You hear that term a lot. It comes from the Greek word euangelion, which means good news. Um, gospel, in other words. And David Bebbington is a historian, and he's written a book about we evangelicals. And he says there are basically four traits that define an evangelical. First, he says, is conversionism. That is the belief that lives need to be transformed through a born-again experience. Of course, that's based on John chapter 3. And a long lifelong process of following Jesus, and we would call that sanctification. He says another characteristic of evangelicals is activism. That is the expression and demonstration of the gospel in missionary reform efforts, also in things like building of hospitals and social relief. Third, and very important, I would say, is biblicism. That is a high view and a high regard for the Bible as the ultimate authority. And then Christ-centeredness, a stress on the sacrificial work of Jesus on the cross that makes possible all redemption of humanity. And so we're going to be discussing evangelical theology in this class. Now, within evangelicalism, you have further divisions. We call those denominations. Our church belongs to the Southern Baptist Convention. There are Presbyterians who have written systematic theologies. There are those from various denominations, and many of them are very good. But just know, uh, you need to know the background of the author that you're reading because he's going to be writing from that particular perspective. I think it's important this time to discuss the difference between a doctrinal statement and a systematic theology. Recently, our church adopted the Baptist Faith and Message of 2000, as our doctrinal statement. And if you've read through that, it's only a few pages long. You can read it uh, in under 30 minutes. Uh, And so obviously it's not as exhaustive as a systematic theology. It's not an attempt to address every possible doctrine in the Bible, but rather it is a synopsis of those doctrines that are held closest and most dear to we Baptist historically. Those things that we would say are essential So there are certain doctrines then that if we don't agree on, we probably won't and can't belong to the same church. There are other doctrines, though, that if we don't agree on those, we can't can't rightly call ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, Now, herein lies the rub. Um, Dr. Moeller, who is the president of Southern Seminary, has offered a, a helpful treatment of theology which he says that we need to be able to discern different levels of theological agreement. He says there are certain things that he would put in the category of essential. Those things would be uh, the deity of Jesus 
and the literal resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And then there are other things he says are secondary, that they're important, but everyone in the church doesn't have to agree on every nuance of that theology. And then he says there are things that he put in the category of, of tertiary or third-level doctrines um, that um, really there's a lot of disagreement throughout the evangelical world on, and, and he would not put those in the category of essential or secondary, namely those things in eschatology. Um, we don't try to predict the date of when Christ returns, but in our Baptist faith and message, we simply state if you believe that Christ is literally coming again for his church, you can be a Baptist. And so uh, I think we try to follow those guidelines here. Now, there are about nine or ten major divisions or branches of systematic theology, depending on which textbook you have in your hand at that time. Uh, when we talk about theology, obviously that's a division of two words, theos, meaning God, and logos, meaning word. We're wanting to know what the word has to say about God, but we can get much more specific than that. So when we want to talk about what the Bible has to say about God as Father, we, we do so in terms of a branch of theology called uh, paterology, which means the study of God as Father. Uh, Christology is the study of God the Son. Uh, pneumatology is the study of, of God the Holy Spirit. Now, what some textbooks do is just put those all together in one section uh, and talk about the Trinity. And we're going to discuss the Trinity in some detail in one of our lessons. Ecclesiology is the study of the church. Uh, anthropology is the study of humanity. Soteriology, the study of salvation, and, and on and on we could go. Now, I, I will give a disclaimer at the very beginning. This class is not designed to drill down very deep in any of these doctrines. Rather, it is designed to give a very brief bird's eye view of each of these doctrines. And so, uh, hopefully it will spur you to ask questions and to do research on your own. And certainly if you have questions uh, that you'd like to ask of me, you can call me privately or email me, and perhaps I'll even use that question uh, over the air. So uh, let's get started, shall we? Um, by the way, you, you could take a full class in any branch uh, of those theologies, and I encourage you to do that, but first you need a good overview. So, so let's talk about what our objectives are. What are we trying to learn during this uh, nine week of classes? Well, number one, we want everyone to be able to do what hopefully I did at the beginning, which is to define systematic theology. I've had a number of people approach me when they saw the advertisement for this class in our bulletin, and they want to know what is systematic theology. And so you'll be able to tell them it's the orderly, coherent organization of Christian doctrine. And the next objective is we want you to be able to identify those major branches of theology and be able to point to scriptures that support your particular position. And that really is the overarching goal of this class, is to clarify your own position on major evangelical doctrines and, and be able to defend those positions biblically and intelligently. Uh, I have in my hand an article that was written by a professor from Pennsylvania named Tim Bertolette, and Tim is also a pastor in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and he has written a very helpful article about why we should study systematic theology, and I want to interact with that article briefly uh, 
uh, in our time we have left today. So he asked a question in his article, is why does systematic theology help? And he answers that question uh, with a number of sections. The first section is systematic theology helps you guard your faith. So what do we need to guard our faith from? Now that word faith uh, can be used and is used in a variety of ways in the Bible. Uh, we know that without faith that uh, we can't approach God. Um, faith is the means through which we appropriate God's grace. Paul says in the book of Ephesians that salvation is by grace through faith. But the Bible also uses faith in a different way, meaning all of the truth about God. And it's used that way in a little book of the New Testament called the book of Jude. Jude was the brother of the Lord Jesus, and he has an epistle by his name in the New Testament. And it's only one chapter long, and in the third verse, Jude instructs believers in the first century, and therefore all of us today, to earnestly contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. And that is that God has revealed to believers in the Bible those things he wants us to know about himself, about his nature, about his eternal plan of redemption. And we need to guard those doctrines and we need to not give ground in any of those areas, and we need to defend those doctrines against those who would seek uh, to do them harm. Namely, he's speaking in his epistle about false teachers who he said were creeping into the church, and they were causing confusion and division. And that really is another myth that I like to uh, address. I have heard people say, we shouldn't teach doctrine because it causes division. And I would push back against that, and I would say, the lack of doctrine rightly taught is what causes division. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it and where we can find those truths in the Scripture so that we can guard against false teachers. Another reason Dr. Bertolette says we need to study systematic theology is so that we can guard against pet interpretations of Scripture. That is, all of us have portions of the Bible that we are more attracted to than others. I've often said if it were up to me, I would spend most of my time in the book of Ephesians because that's a book that's helped me so much through the years. But the Bible says that we should teach the whole counsel of God. And so therefore we work our way verse by verse through hopefully all the books of the Bible until the Lord comes. Uh, and so it it's, it's helps us not to go to seed on one point of view it helps us to see a broader view of what the Scripture says. Um, thirdly, systematic theology helps us to instruct our children. Here, here's another myth that children can't learn theology. I know that's a myth because I've seen theology taught and learned among my four children, the oldest of whom is 14 and the youngest is five. Um, for many years, my wife, who, by the way, is the best systematic theologian in our house, has been teaching our four children systematic theology. Now, she doesn't use Grudem's 40-pound textbook. She uses a little booklet called a catechism, and the one we used is uh, written by a man by the name of Tom Askell out of Florida, in which there are about 150 questions about God. And it starts out for a child of about three or four, and it progresses till a child is 12. My middle daughter, Aubrey, 
will be 13, and she's almost to the end uh, of the book, and her goal is to know the answer to all 150 questions by her 13th birthday. And so our youngest daughter is five years old, and she's already about 25 questions in. Uh, It just starts very simply like, who is God? How many is God? Who made you? And uh, progresses all the way up to some pretty uh, deep covenantal theology. And so um, if any of you would like access to that, I can uh, link to that on the website at some point, or you can uh, call me privately. But children can and do learn systematic theology, and I would say the younger the better. And so if you teach children here at our church, or you have children or grandchildren, I would think a class in systematic theology could be very helpful to you. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, systematic theology helps us to worship. One of the reasons that we gather corporately, and the reason you gather with your family now that we can't meet corporately, is is to worship God. Um, God wants us to know him. We know that because he's given us the Bible, which is his revelation of himself to us. And systematic theology helps us know God by seeing the whole of what he has said in his revelation. It enhances our worship because the more knowledge we have about God, um, the more precisely we can declare his praises and glorify him. Now, let me say this before we close today. I do not claim that everything in the Bible I know and comprehend. We're all in process of sanctification. Um, The more I study the Bible, the more I'm aware of how little I know. But that's a good thing. Uh, So so we need to start with some basics. Uh, You need to have a, a Bible in front of you that is of a translation that you can understand. I use the New American Standard. I also recommend the English Standard Version, the ESV. Many of you grew up on the King James, and if that's what you prefer, I encourage you to use it. One of the reasons we do systematic theology is that it helps us to organize doctrine without having to start over in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, every time we have a question about the Bible. And so if you have a question, for example, what does the Bible have to say about money? If you didn't have systematic theology, you would have to start in the first verse of Genesis 1 with a notebook in your hand and pencil in the other and write down every verse all the way through the book of Revelation. Well, systematic theology books have condensed that together in one place so that you can study it in a time-efficient manner. And so uh, we have a lot of time on our hands these days, don't we? And I encourage you uh, to take the time to study systematic theology. You can pause as needed. You can rewind as needed. And you can listen as many times as you would like. And it's my prayer that uh, many of us would grow in grace through this Bible study. Now let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's ask him to help us to learn. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We know that you're a God of order not of chaos. Father, we want to study you in an orderly, systematic way. We want to study your word that way. Father, we want to guard against error and false teaching. We want to be equipped to teach our own children about who you are. Father, we want to appreciate our salvation in a deeper and more meaningful way as we make progress in sanctification. 
And Lord, we want to worship you as Jesus told the woman at the well in spirit and in truth. Your word is truth. Help us to study it, Father, in a way in which you'd be most glorified. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.